all God's people said. Amen. Grab your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter number 1. Matthew chapter number 1. Let me say it is good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord in Alabama. Yes, amen. I, 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 I had the opportunity, most of you know, I was in Israel last week and uh, got to see a lot of amazing things. Uh, got to see things that I've, I've uh, read about and studied about all my life. And uh, something I learned is probably not going to be what you think. I, I, you know, I've heard stories and I've heard people say a, a lot of different things about visiting the Holy Land and, and, and all of that kind of thing. But, but I learned something different. I guess I'm just weird that way. It just I, 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 I see things a lot different than a lot of people in a lot of ways. But uh, I, I was standing at the I was standing at the Western Wall, the, the Wailing Wall, uh, one of the holiest sites for for, for Jews today, and uh, they're still there praying, trying to trying to resurrect a former way of life and something that's gone. It's gone. I was standing there watching and and and. And man, the Lord brought back to my, my mind what he told the woman at the well. The woman at the well said, our father said we need to go to Jerusalem to worship. Or, or, or our fathers worship in this mountain, but you say we need to go to Jerusalem to worship. And, and this is what Jesus said. He said, the day's coming when nobody, you're not going to go to this mountain or to Jerusalem. Or to Jerusalem. You don't have to go to Jerusalem. He said, there's coming a day when God is looking for worshipers that will worship in spirit and in truth. And I'm here standing watching these people, and I, I want to just go down and tell them and say, get your Bibles. I got some good news. You don't have to come to this wall. You don't have to try to find something that's not there anymore. You, 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 listen, you don't have to go to the Holy Land to feel God. I'm feeling God as much right here in Coleman, Alabama. My soul. Anyway... <clears throat> Y'all pray for me, man. I got sick when I come home, uh, and I don't have a whole lot of wind and air, but I, I'm going I'm to do the best. How many of y'all pray for me today? Pray, Lord God, pray. Pray, pray, pray. Pray that God will help us. I want you to look at Matthew 1 and verse number 18. Matthew 1 and verse 18. Man, I'm, got, I'm glad God is real. I'm glad that we had a, a great trip, and I'm glad that plane didn't crash. Say Amen. <laughs> On the plane ride back, they was, I was on the second to the last seat on the plane. And they said, Preacher, we're sorry you're way back here. I said, I'm not. Have you ever heard of a plane backing into a mountain? Amen. <laughs> I'm tickled to death to be where I'm at. <laughs> it took a little while to get off, but that's fine with me. Amen. I'll be the last one to the train wreck. Amen. <laughs> All right. All right, some of y'all are going to smile before it's over with. I'm going to get you one way or another. You might as well relax and thank God for being here. Amen? Matthew 10, I've got just a little thought, a little, just something I want to share with you. It's not going to be long, I promise. Uh, but look in Matthew chapter 1, verse number 18. If you're there, say amen. amen. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When and his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together... She was found with a child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. 
In other words, Mary and Joseph were betrothed. They were engaged to be married. In that day, in that culture, it was just as binding as a real marriage. Matter of fact, to break a betrothal, you would have to have a legal divorce for that to take place. They had not come together. They had not consummated the marriage. They were engaged to each other. And it was found that she, had, uh, she was pregnant. Now Joseph, he, he doesn't understand this. Mary was visited by an angel to tell her what was going to take place and that she had been chosen by God. But Joseph didn't have this opportunity. The Bible says that he was going to put her away. And, and if he didn't put her away privately, she would have been stoned. Are y'all with me? Say amen. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Amen. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is. Say it with me. Everybody say it again. God with us. God with us. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy. Thank you for your truth and the, the great service we've had already in the singing and the, and the worship. Lord, I thank you for that. And Lord, I thank you for your presence more than anything. Thank you for an opportunity to come and, and just feel you and be around your people worshiping and praising you. We're thankful for you. We're thankful that you are with us. God, I pray that your perfect will be done today. Help me be an encouragement to the folks that came this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God with us. I remember when we were on the bus, we was driving through the different places and, and, and taking pictures and doing all this thing. We come into Bethlehem. In the guide, uh, we had a Palestinian Christian, uh, a Palestinian Christian guide who was just incredible. This, this guy was brilliant, just an amazing historian and shared the truths and the things that we were seeing in the background and the history and everything that goes with that. And, and uh, as we pulled into to Bethlehem, uh, he, he said this. He said, he said, listen, everybody, I want you to remember this. Don't ever forget this. And, and, and man, I perked up trying to make sure I was paying attention. And he said, this is where the creator of the world invaded the world he created. This is where the creator of the world invaded the world he created. And there's so much to this. There's so much to this that, that sometimes is overlooked and sometimes we, we don't really understand the gist of it or the, 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 the major truth and theology that goes with God becoming man. We know this is the incarnation uh, uh, the theological term, the kenosis, where, where Jesus came and, and, and God became flesh. And, and what went with that? And I, I, I want to share that with you a little bit this morning and, and what all that means. And, and in a way, my introduction is going to be just a little longer uh, than the points itself. But, but I want you to just learn a little bit this morning. 
I want to read a little bit from John MacArthur's uh, commentary uh, dealing with these different verses. But here, here's a few verses that deal with this particular thing. Isaiah said it in Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And we know what in Matthew 1, 23, which means God with us. John 1, 1 said it this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And the Word, watch this, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Philippians said it this way, same situation, Paul is saying it to, it to the church of Philippi, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. This is where God became man. Now what does that mean? What does that mean? This is, this is uh, MacArthur's commentary. This is how he describes this in, in the commentary to Philippians. He said, this is more trans, or clearly translated, emptied himself, where it says he made himself of no reputation. From this Greek word comes the theological word kenosis, the doctrine of Christ self-emptying in his incarnation. This was a self-renunciation. Now watch this, carefully listen. Not an emptying himself of deity, nor an exchange of deity for humanity. In other words, when Jesus came and was born in a manger, he did not cease to become God. He did not exchange deity for humanity. Are y'all with me? He simply emptied himself of the privileges and the rights that he had as God. Now, what does that mean? Look what it says. What, what, what privileges? What rights? This is what Jesus did. He renounced his privileges in several areas. One, heavenly glory. While on earth he gave up the glory of a face-to-face relationship with God and the continuous outward display and personal enjoyment of that glory. John 17, 5. Number two, independent authority. Independent authority. During his incarnation, Christ completely submitted himself to the will of his Father. How many times we've been going through the book of John? How many times do we see where he says he always does the will of his Father? Even as God, he submitted himself to the will of his Father. Number three, divine prerogatives. He set aside the voluntary display of his divine attributes and submitted himself to the Spirit's direction. In other words, he never used his power unless directed to by God the Father through the Holy Spirit. If that makes sense, say amen. Amen. Now listen, not only that, but his divine uh, eternal riches. While on earth Christ was poor and owned very little, He said to the people who were following him, the foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. Number five, a favorable relationship with God. He felt the Father's wrath for human sin while on the cross. All of these things, all of these things, Jesus voluntarily submitted and relinquished so that we, could have freedom so we could have forgiveness so we could be delivered. Somebody say amen. amen. 
And by the way, by the way, Jesus will be in human form for the rest of eternity. He always existed. He did not begin to exist in the manger. He did not begin to exist in Bethlehem. He is the pre-existent God, the one who always has been and the one that always will be, the one who was the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Somebody say amen. 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 But in Bethlehem, God came to us. You shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Why was this necessary? Why was this so important? Why did the creator of the world invade the world he created? Number one, if you're taking notes, just three quick things and we'll pray. Number one, I want you to see this. He invaded the world he created for the simple purpose of this, to relate to us. To relate to us. Communication is important. Wouldn't you say amen to that? I never realized how important the communication was till you go to some place that they can't communicate with you. There was two things they could not do. They could not speak English and they could not speak redneck. <clears throat> are y'all with me? Some of them looked when they said, where are you from? And I'd say, Alabama. I could read their mind. Yes, you are. <laughs> Amen. I... And it's hard to communicate. When it's hard, when you cannot communicate, you cannot relate. Jesus took upon himself human form so he could relate to us. He became man to relate. And there's so much to this. I don't really have time to go into it, but you, you got to understand in, in Old Testament theology and Old Testament truth and teaching, uh, we, we know that things could be redeemed. Things could be bought back that were lost and uh, a bride could be redeemed. Land could be redeemed and a servant could be redeemed. But you could not redeem them unless you were next of kin. You had to be kin to the person who lost the land. You had to be kin to be able to... And this, this goes back to Ruth and Boaz. Great story if you want to go back and read the story. But, but Boaz was a kinsman redeemer to Ruth and Naomi. And because he was kin, he could redeem them. Jesus became kin to us. He became related to humanity so that he could... Re- Somebody say amen. He came to relate to us. Not just in the fact of being kin, not just to me, just the fact that he was human, but he can relate to my sorrow. He can relate to my pain. He can relate to my difficulty. The Bible says he's a man acquainted with grief and sorrow. He understands what it means to be sorry. He understands what it means to be in pain. He understands what it means to lose something. He understands what it means to be disappointed. He understands what it means to be betrayed. Somebody say amen. God with us, humanity, deity, all wrapped in one. He was the God-man. Say amen right there. Listen, not only that. The writing goes, Christ became more than God in a human body, but he took on all the essential attributes of humanity, even to the extent that he identified with basic human needs and weaknesses. He became the God-man, fully God and fully man. Fully God and fully man. He was so much man, he thirsted at the well and was weary. He he knew what it felt like to be tired. He knew what it felt like to be hungry. 
Listen, appreciate, appreciate sausage, gravy, and biscuits. Say amen. Because if you go to the Holy Land, you ain't getting none. Amen. He knew what it felt like to have people turn their backs on him. He knew what it felt like to grieve. As human, as God in one, he can relate to you. How many of you today would admit, how many of you today would admit there's been times you've gone through some things and and people have tried to, 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 uh, to, to help you and comfort you and console you. But in all reality, they, they really didn't know what you were going through. Would you, would you raise your hand? And, and, and you want to say, but you just, you just don't understand. Well, Jesus does. He came... And he took upon humanity so he could relate to us. Number two, not only did he come to relate to us, but he came to redeem us. He came to redeem us. The Bible says in Matthew 1, in that that verse, he is telling telling, uh, Joseph, he said, she's going to call, you're going to name him Jesus. And he's going to save his people from their, say it with me, sin. You see, this is is the problem. And this this is why there's so much ignorance over there today. So much blindness today. They were looking for a Messiah. You with me? They're still looking for the Messiah. They missed him. But they were looking, and, and this, is what, this is what I'm thinking. As we, if y'all have been coming to the John study, uh, uh, we can see so much, so much places, so many places where, where the people, they were so blind and, and they just didn't get it after everything that they saw and after everything that Jesus did. How could they not see? How could they not see who he was? And, and man, that, that's, that's kind of just, just run over in my mind and my heart. That why, how in the world could you be so blind? How could a man take one lad's lunch and feed thousands and you not get it? How, how could a man turn water into wine and you not get it? How in the world could a man raise the dead and you not get it? How can he walk on water and you not get it? How could he do the things that he did? He healed the blind and he healed the lame and he healed the sick and he cast out demons. How could you not get it? Because they were not looking for someone to save them from their sins. They were not looking for a savior. They were looking for a mighty warrior to cast off the Roman hand and burden off of their back. They thought he would come. They thought the Messiah would come in power. They thought the Messiah would come in glory. They thought the the Messiah would come in pomp and circumstance. He would be the son of David and he would come and and throw off all of the bondage that we are in. So when he came in a manger, he came humbly and he came lowly. They missed him. Because they never understood and they never got that their biggest problem was not the one in power. 
their biggest problem was what was on the inside of them. Their sin. He came to deliver them from their sin. Our biggest problem in this nation is not politics. It's not whether Roy Moore's elected or not. It's not Republicans and Democrats. It's it's not all of these things. The biggest problem in our nation is sin. Sin. The biggest problem in most churches is sin. The biggest problem in my life is my own sin. And Jesus came to deliver us from sin. Well, why did he have to become man? Remember, remember I, I, I think it was last Christmas or last Easter, I don't remember, but I taught the principle that the, 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 the cure had to be related to the cause. It had to mirror the cause. In other words, in other words if a man sinned or a man caused the problem, caused the curse, a man had to pay the penalty. Are you with me? The curse came from a tree. Jesus hung on a tree. Does that make sense? Jesus had to become man because a man had to pay the penalty. A man had to pay the penalty. A man had to come for the wages of sin is. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus came to be the man. And by the way, he was the man. He came to redeem us. And this is, this, is such an important, this is such an important point. This is such an important point, number three. I, 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 could, spend, I could spend all day talking about redemption and being free. I, 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 can't, help but, I can't help but think in, 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 in my mind, I'm, I'm, watching, I'm watching these Jewish people almost trying to earn God's favor. They would chant and they would pray just about at every holy site, David's tomb, uh, the Wailing Wall, different places. There, there, there was one particular spot in the rabbinical tunnels that you go through uh, along, the, along the wall that they've excavated. There was one particular spot that was considered to be, many, many scholars believe, was the spot of the holy it's funny, the Palestinian guy, he'd say the holy of the holies. And, and we always would call it the holy of holies. Take out the the, and the and, but not, not them. The holy of the holies, amen? And this was the spot, and there in that spot, there was a woman sitting in a chair with her head down praying, and it's there all the time, all the time. And, and, and I, I'm, 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 thinking, I'm thinking how they need to know that they are redeemed, They are forgiven. You don't have to earn it. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. There's nothing left to do. You don't have to earn your way to Jesus. You don't have to earn your way into his favor. Let me put it this way. I don't have a lot of preaching. I I don't have much air in my lungs, but I, I hope you get what I'm fixing to say. My kids don't have to earn my My favor. They don't, have, they don't have to, Kenzie don't have to score 30 points in a basketball game to, 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 for me to love her. Are y'all with me? They don't, have to, they don't have to be the greatest athlete. They don't have to get the greatest grades. 
They better get good ones or I'm going to whoop them. Say amen. But, <laughs> but they don't have to do any of that. What they got to do? Be them. Amen. Just be my kid. Yeah. You don't have to impress nobody. Right. You don't have to change the world. Although I have all those expectations and I want them to do great and all of this kind of stuff, they don't have to do any of that. All they got to do is be my kid. I don't even know why I'm saying this. I guess the Holy Spirit needs, somebody in here needs to know, you don't have to earn God's favor. If you're saved, you're his child. Just be happy you're his child. You're redeemed. You're redeemed. It's like like when we, we mess up, we try to make up for messing up. And some of you, since you've been saved, you've been trying to make up for your past life, and you, and you don't have to. Matter of fact, let me go on beyond and say this. It's not that you don't have to. You can't. Amen. Just enjoy forgiveness. Amen. Enjoy freedom. You don't have to go to a wall. You don't have to wail. You don't have to punish yourself. Just enjoy redemption. Amen. Church, say amen. amen. Thirdly. He came, God, with us. He came in human form. He came as a man, the God-man, to relate to us. Then number two, to redeem us. He said, he said, he shall save his people from their sins. But then number three, this, is, this, this may be the most important one. He came to relate to us. He came to redeem us. But now he represents us. He represents us as Get this, the man upstairs. I know most people use that in a, in a derogatory, not a derogatory way, but kind of a, a disrespectful way. If you're a child of God, if you're a Christian, you should never so loosely say the, the phrase, the man upstairs. Because that is disrespectful in my opinion. But literally, if we want to be real specific, there is a man upstairs. Let me, let me give you a verse. Let me give you a verse. Some of y'all looking at me funny. Let me give you the verse. 1 Timothy 2.5. 1 Timothy 2.5. Look what it says. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. The. Man. Come on, say it with me. The say it with me. The say it with me. The man, the man Christ Jesus. Amen. There is a man upstairs. And his name is Christ Jesus. And he is a mediator. What is a mediator? A go-between. He is is our, you know, in in, in 2 John, uh, we find that we have an advocate with the Father. That is a mediator, a go-between. An advocate is one who pleads the cause of another. Almost almost like a lawyer would between a a, a person and a judge. Are y'all with me? Say amen. We have someone who is representing us. We have someone on the inside who has our best interest at heart. You say, preacher, why are you not afraid about the future? Because I got somebody that's mediating for me and representing me before the Father. And when the devil comes to accuse me of all of my failures, somebody stands up on my behalf. Who does? The man. Christ Jesus. 
The man who's felt my sorrow. The man who's felt my grief. The man who understands all that I've gone through and all that I've experienced. The man who's well acquainted with all of my life. He's standing at the right hand of the Father interceding and praying for me. He the man. And all God's people said, aren't you glad God is with us. God with us. And you know, He still is. He still is. You know what? I'll be honest with you. I had a lot of things in my mind that I thought it was going to be like that, that, that it wasn't. And there were some things I didn't think it was going to be that it was. And one of the, one of the, to me, the sweetest places that we went to was Capernaum. And basically the Sea of Galilee, the, the Galilee region. That is where Jesus did most of his miracles. That's where Jesus did most of the things that he did. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know, I, 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 I'm not really touchy-feely type, I guess, if that's, if that's the way to explain it, I don't know, but... I, some of the places we had gone, just, you know, I, I, I love the history part to it, but I didn't get really lumping the throat emotional, you know, like, like it just, I just, it's just not what me. But we got on the boat, we got on the boat, and, uh, and uh, we, we, we went out on the Sea of Galilee. Crystal, I'm talking about, it was like a sheet of glass. Slight breeze, and, and, the, and the captain of the boat, he started playing, How Great Thou Art. Lord, have mercy. And I'm, I'm sitting here just looking at this and, 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 and just knowing, just knowing. And, 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 and it started getting to them verses. One day, we shall bow in humble adoration. I almost walked on the water. (laughs) But I didn't have near enough faith. Amen. (laughs) Listen. Jesus is so real. But you don't have to go to the Holy Land to feel him. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there in the midst I'm going to be. And he's here for you. Yes. He's here to relate to you. Yeah. When you feel like nobody gets it and nobody understands, someone does. Someone does. If you feel like you've gone too far and there is no fix for your situation, understand this. There's not a sin too black. That he can't wipe wide as snow. The prophet said, come now, let us reason together. He says, let's be reasonable about this thing. Let's talk about this. Let's let's discuss this. Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. He's the only one that can do that. And when you're saved and you know you're saved and you're a child of God and you're struggling, 
know this. There's a man upstairs who is interceding on your behalf. Preachers, I don't even know what to pray, but he does. And he is. Somebody say amen. amen. This Christmas season, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be the Scrooge and say, oh, don't get so caught up. In, I'm getting caught up in everything. I'm going to get caught up in Christmas lights, Christmas music, and I hope Christmas presents. Say amen. <laughs> I want to get caught up in all the garland, everything, everything, even the nasty uh, cakes they make to pass out. Amen. What do they call them things? Fruit cake. Fruitcake. God help us. And I don't want to hear this, oh, but preacher, you've not tried mine, and I ain't. <laughs> I need a witness from safe folk. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to get caught up in it all. But, man, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to think about the God who created it all. When he invaded the world he created. Yeah. I wish we had time. I'm over time already. And I was going to go short too. <laughs> Two different groups of people. Our guide was sharing this. Two different groups of people came to see him. We might talk about this next week. The first group was the shepherds. The lowly shepherds. The ones who were the outcasts of society. Basically the worst job you could have. The ones nobody cared about. Was the first ones that Jesus made, or God made the announcement to his son. But then you have another group. This was a wealthy crowd. We, you know, we sing this song, We Three Kings. It says wise men. We, we don't believe they were kings, but they were very wealthy. And here at the feet of this child, you find two groups of people. Not at the same time, I understand that, but still, you have the very lowly and the very poor. Then you have the very wealthy, and the very, listen, the very rich, very high society. But they both have to kneel. Watch this now. Watch this now. If you're poor like me, you'd appreciate this. They're all on level ground. Can we give God praise and glory? Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your love and your mercy. I'm so glad you came to redeem us. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came even as God. You never relinquished 